Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. I get so happy when I get to observe everyone, like just hugging each other and loving on each other. I don't think it's ever gonna get old. It just, it makes me so happy to see uh, where Heartway is now, the community, how we've grown and how we're, we're meeting so many new people. I feel like I see a new face every Sunday and I love that so much. So just like they said before, we're so grateful to have each and every one of you here. And this part of our service is really a practice. We call it Centering Prayer. Um, but I like to think of it as a practice. It's practicing connecting with yourself, with your breath, opening yourself up enough so that you can hear God. You see, a lot of times we feel that we have to search for God's love or hear, you know, try to search for God's voice, but actually it's always there with us, but our minds distract us. Our egos distract us. Our pain that we've experienced distracts us from hearing the love and the grace that God has for all of us. So I want us all today to really practice opening up our hearts so that we can welcome God's love into our being. Amen, my friends. So I want you to allow your palms to face up in a nice, comfortable, seated position. No falling asleep. (laughs) Allow the eyes to close. And let's take a deep breath, inhaling nice and big. And then vocally. ah. Again, we inhale nice and big. And we vocally. As you continue this breathing, allow it to stem from the belly, really expanding nice and big as you inhale. And as you exhale, allow it to come from the nostril. Begin to observe your breath. Notice how the shoulders come down a little bit more as we exhale. Notice the belly expanding, creating space within yourself. Notice even the mind, how it starts to slow down. And as we observe, we let go of our attachments. We let go of the past, no longer focusing on what's to come, but allowing the breath to bring you into this present moment so that you can experience the presence of God that is always with you. Allow the breath to bring you into a state of peace. Allow yourself to release any tensions that you may be holding within the body and the mind. As we allow our bodies to be relaxed, we allow the mind to drift away. We start to live within the heart and as we open up our hearts to God we are given the opportunity to let go of any pain any heaviness that we're holding on to allow this moment that you have created to create more peace within yourself. Forgive 
let go, release. Allow yourself to receive with open arms all of God's love. There is nothing you need to do to receive his love, for it is inherently yours. All we must do is wake up to the kingdom of heaven that is right beneath our feet, just as it is above our heads. This kingdom also resides inside of your being. The love, the acceptance, all that you are searching for is already within you. Let's affirm this with a nice deep breath, inhaling nice and big, vocally, Again, we inhale nice and big, vocally. Bring your left hand to your heart. Feel the heart beating. Bring your right hand to your belly. Feel the breath within you. Our breath is our life force. It is the spirit of God within us. My friends, you are full of purpose. You are not here on accident. And this breath reminds us each and every day that we are blessed with an opportunity to begin again, to live life as we wish, to try and do better, to love just as Jesus loved. All of this power is within you. Release the ego and tap in to the consciousness of God's love. Take a deep breath, inhaling nice and big. Hold it for three, two, and vocally. Slowly begin deepen your breath a little bit more you can release the hands and allow the awareness to come back into the body you are so loved may peace and love always be with you amen my friends Right, Heartway family, how are we feeling this morning? Refreshed, rejuvenated, such good vibes and energy in this room today. Do you feel it? Because I feel it tremendously. And I'm so excited because today we have a very special guest, a friend of mine that I actually haven't met until today in person. But we've been connected for several years through Facebook and Instagram. Reverend John Scott, who uh, used to host a very popular podcast that he invited me to be a part of, and so we had some wonderful conversations, and then from there, we just continued to have very similar, parallel spiritual journeys. Both uh, Reverend John and I are what I would call spiritually promiscuous <laughs> in terms of just, you know, we're, we're just open. We're really open, and, and, and we love it. We love it here at Heartway. Um, Reverend John is the spiritual leader of First Unity Spiritual Campus in St. Petersburg. So for years, he lived out of state. Where was it, Tennessee? And then now he just recently moved to uh, take leadership here in this uh, church, in that spiritual community. And he is a part of a movement called Unity. Anybody ever heard of, like, Unity churches and stuff? So it's a beautiful movement that I've always admired from afar. They have a, a lot of spiritual principles that uh, ground the ministry they do that resonate a lot with Heartway. So I'll, I'll read you some of these. Uh, our most common and universal teachings, 
Number one, the nature of God is altogether good, active in all things at all times. Number two, all individuals are inherently good because God's divinity is inherent in everyone. Number three, people create their life experiences by what they choose to think, believe, and feel. Number four, through affirmative prayer and meditation, people can connect with God and manifest the best that life has to offer. And number five, talking about the truth is not enough. Everyone must live their own truth. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Because it's just, we're just kind of like, yeah, bro, you say this every week. So that's why I have John here with us. He also has a, an online movement that he facilitates and curates called One Love Consciousness. So I'm so excited. Let's give a very warm welcome to Reverend John Scott, please. Hello, everybody. Look at somebody next to you and tell them I'm blessed to be sitting next to you. <clears throat> and now look at that same person and say, you're double blessed. You got to sit next to me. <laughs> Ain't that beautiful? <laughs> uh, thank you for letting me be here with you today. Uh, you, you're, uh, your minister is brave. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not every day that heretics get invited to, to churches. There you go. Spiritual club. House. I like it. I like all of that. Um, yeah. So spiritually promiscuous. I, I like that. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to use that. And um, the first couple of times I'll credit your minister. <laughs> On the fifth time, I'll say I was fasting for 40 days, and God. I'm honored to be with you. No, I'm, I'm about three or four generations Pentecostal preachers. God bless me. I've been, I was raised in church. I'm still in recovery, and I am doing all that I can to work through all of those processes and conditionings. I am grateful to be here because, um, honestly, a few years ago, I lost everything I believed in. I had a crisis of faith. I tell people I had a crisis of faith that led me to the Christness of my current faith. However, I dropped off all of my beliefs. When people say, what do you believe? I say, not much. Um, I observe beliefs, but I don't hold on to any. The thing that stood between me and truth the most was my beliefs. And so I've let go of all of those beliefs. I don't really have the need to have any labels. I feel like any label is too small. When we're trying to talk about God, we're already talking too small. And yet at the same time, this God dwells within you, through you, and as you in the planet. It is our responsibility to stop reacting and to start responding to the world around us. We've been called to be our divine nature in this present life. What the world needs now is not more religion or explanation, but an experience of the true presence, and that is you. Jesus, the Master, said the kingdom of God dwells within you, not at your church or in your particular religion, but within you. There is nowhere that God is not. So when you walk up to people at Walmart or... Do you have those down here? Yes. Aren't they everywhere? It's kind, of, it's kind of like Amazon. Yeah. Whoever you come in contact with is God, and whatever you're experiencing from them is just really a microcosm of you. That's right. The person you dislike the most is just revealing part of you you may need to work with. Psychiatrists say that every fifth person you come in contact with has a mental illness. So count five down from you. And then prepare for them to count right back down to you. I believe that religion has created probably the worst mental illness in the history of humanity as it's propagated a God that exists outside of us so that we can control the masses and take up large offerings. And there's a, a group of people who are waking up into consciousness to become consciously aware, no longer asleep. We are awake no matter what the government wants us woke people to do. We are actually awake. It's not a political stand. We're not standing for politics. When we stand for equality, we are standing for the presence of God that reveals itself both in the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Presents itself into the planet. God is not a man, nor is God on your side. Because God has no sides to be on. You are the presence. Uh, somebody asked me what side of, I, of the political aisle I was on. I said, I don't live on sides because I was born on a globe. 
It's round. It doesn't have any boundaries except for the ones we create. And this boundless expression is coming forth from the planet. There's no way to stop it. The reason it's so chaotic is because we're in a a delivery room. And I've never been in a delivery room that was not chaotic and loud and messy and scary. I uh, have been at the birth of all four of my biological children. I have four children as far as I know. (laughs) Do I need to mention again that I was raised in church? And in the music business. And they look a lot alike behind the scenes. (laughs) Believe me, they look a lot alike behind the scenes. There's a whole... Talk about spiritually permissible. Anyway, um, I took seriously the scripture that said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. I was just trying to make my investment while I'm here. But I was in the delivery room. Get away from that. I was in the delivery room where all four of my biological children were born, and it was scary. It was chaotic. Believe me, it was harder on their mom than it was on me. But it was scary. It was chaotic. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of people in and out of the room. A lot of people felt connected with what was happening. And then others were just they were using the mechanism and going mechanically through the process and all the steps that you go through, the things you're supposed to do in a delivery room. And uh, I just remember it being very loud. Right now, we're in the process. The universe is correcting itself. The planet is correcting itself. And we just happen to be here while it's going on. The religion age has already passed away. Some people have it on CPR. Or they have it on the, on the, the, the did I say CPR? Yes, they, they, they have it on a machine. They're keeping it alive. They're trying to keep it going because it's uncomfortable to move into the unknown. But I come to you from the unknown. I've been to the other side to announce to you it's quite okay over there. We're elevating and transforming and transcending all of the formal ways of being things. We're becoming a realization of what was intended from the very foundation of the world. The very thing Jesus talked about was the second of coming of Christ would be you, not Jesus coming back in a material or physical form. In fact, Jesus didn't ask us to worship him. We've been stuck for generations worshiping Jesus and missing Christ. You can't have a Christ consciousness if you're too interested in his story. You never walk into the miss story, and the only reason it's a miss story is because somebody's not telling it. The mystery is inviting us all into a place that we've never been before. And so we drop off religion. And and I found it hard to do that. If you're finding it hard to do that, please understand, you're not on your own. There are many people who are finding it hard to drop off the religious expression that we've been conditioned with. Our minds are limited to what we think we've been taught. The unconscious mind, capturing all of the limitations that you were given from the time you got here. Before you were even born, somebody was trying to make you somebody, and they were only trying to make you the somebody they thought you had to be. And so we're conditioned even in the womb. About five weeks in utero, you begin to be uh, conditioned with these unconscious things, these things that start your unconscious mind begins to capture. 95% of what you do in any given day is unconscious. Think about that. 95% of the stuff you've already done today is unconscious. You're not even aware of it. If I ask you to give me details on your drive from home to here, can you do that? But you got here. And most of what we do is on autopilot. And we do it through our unconscious mind. And this is why I think Paul said in Romans 12 and 2, don't be conformed to this world or this age but be transformed. To be transformed is to move beyond form. To be transformed is to transition into a different form. And it will only happen through allowing a different formula to arrive. But most of us are afraid of transforming. Can you imagine the life of a caterpillar? If somebody walks up to a caterpillar and has, I'm going to write a book one day, and the title of it's going to be Conversation with a Caterpillar. And you imagine being the caterpillar, and somebody walks up to the caterpillar and says, guess what? You were meant to fly, dude. The caterpillar goes, the hell? Have you not seen me? I'm a worm. And we write songs about it. Am I right? In the church, oh, I'm a worm. I just need the forgiveness. If Jesus will just love me. I mean, most of our music is even built on a one-night stand with Jesus. We're trying to seduce seduce Jesus into loving me enough and not being mad at me. Make some love to me so I can feel better about myself so that when I leave here, I have my fix to get me through the week. Is that too honest? 
Imagine the caterpillar. You tell it it can fly. You know it has the potential to do it. See, every one of you in here are the walking, talking presence of God in the world. You don't have to do that through a prayer. You are it already. Yes, but you don't know what it, it doesn't matter what you did. You came from the source and the force from which everything comes to be. You are that right now. Pat yourself on the chest and say, I am that I am. And if you find it hard to do that, it could be because the guilt and the conditioning of religion has told you that you need something outside of you. But you don't. You never have. It all comes from the inside out. So the caterpillar has within it the potential to fly above what it's crawling beneath. But it may not know that right now. There's a call going out from people like this guy here. There's a call going out to come up higher, to transform, to be free, to no longer be conformed to the world. I, I have no idea what the title of the talk was that my wife sent over the other day. She walked in the office. She said, da Pastor Danny's going to need a title. And I just went, okay, this. And I think it was something like, where do we grow from here? Is that maybe where do we grow from here? Maybe. That's how, look, I, I've been to cemetery. I mean, seminary. So, <laughs> sorry, sometimes they resemble each other a whole lot. I, I've, I, so I know how to do a sermon. In fact, I, I actually was pretty good at doing sermons until I got up to preach, and then for some reason all of it would go out. You know, you had to preach to your peers, you know. Uh, when you do a sermon, you have to present the sermon. So I get to the end of it, John, and the professor comes up and says, oh, my God, you butchered that. That's terrible, but you, you communicated it so well, I've got to give you a passing grade. But I really wish I didn't have to because your homiletics and hominutics were, I don't know where they were. Uh, but I know how to do it. I just, I don't know. I'm just weird that way. I just speak expereneously. I found out that's a word, expereneously. But I, I figure I'm at heart way. We can speak the heart way. So. The caterpillar doesn't know while it's a worm that it has the capability, the potential to fly. And it wouldn't matter who told it it did. It wouldn't be able to see it in the form that it's at. See, the form that you might be in right now, the forms that you're filling out about your life, the personality that's become your reality, all of that stuff may be just in process, but the potential is on the inside of you to expand and to fly above what you used to crawl beneath. That's what it means to be born again. It doesn't mean to get forgiveness of your sins. I mean, the sinner's prayer was created by Billy Sunday, not Jesus. And it was popularized by Billy Graham, not Jesus. Is that rain? Thank you, God. <laughs> Signs and wonders. I try to bring them with me. Um, I figure it makes it easier to say this crazy stuff. You know, people are like, oh, hey, he made it rain. Please don't stop the rain. That's oh, I was going somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus being born again. Now, watch what he says to Nicodemus. I want to mess with our orthodoxy a little bit. I mentioned I was a heretic already, right? Yeah. False prophet, too. They said all of that stuff. And for a while, I wore it like I was ashamed. And then, and then I decided to get a tattoo at the foot of a cross that says heretic. Because I'm not ashamed of it. I felt like I was in good company. I mean, they said the same thing about Jesus. They said it about Buddha. They said it about, they said about Muhammad. All of them were called heretics. Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again, not to go to heaven. Not anywhere in the scripture does Jesus tell somebody to be born again so they can go to heaven. Nowhere does he talk about saving from your sins so that you can go somewhere else. Not anywhere. That's bad theology. He doesn't say that. He says, Nicodemus, you must be born again so that you can see the kingdom of God. And he tells them two chapters later where it's at. It's within you. That's why I don't pray to God anymore. I pray from God. I don't petition God for my needs. I affirm that my needs are met. Because you are the presence of God now. Imagine a group of people realizing that power. See, the reason the powers that be don't want you to realize that is because then you would all fly and we wouldn't have any more worms to compare ourselves to. I asked a group of preachers just recently, I said, where would you be without unbelievers? 
you'd be out of a job. You wouldn't know you were a believer unless there was an unbeliever. Just like you wouldn't know there was down unless you knew there was up. I said, you all should be hugging a believer and unbelievers because they show you who's in and who's out. Am I wrong? Because we sit in our churches and we think about everybody else who's not here. And we go, well, at least I'm a believer. (laughs) But how would you know? You wouldn't have your in club unless you had an out club. Does that make sense to anybody? This is why I think about the word repentance. Repentance is not about the forgiveness of your sins. Even the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, which means to change your mind or the trajectory of your current traveling pace. That's really all it means. It never was about getting rid of your sins. It was always about shifting your mindset because whatever direction you're going in, you'll eventually arrive at. So it was about changing the way you think. Well, all of us know now through the advent of neuroscience and what we're coming to understand through quantum physics that it's true. You change the way you think. You change the way the world responds to you. Because when you change the way you see the world, the world you see will change. Because we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. That's the truth. And that truth will set you free because then you stop blaming God and you stop blaming a devil and you start taking responsibility for your own life, your own actions, because you know that the thing you practice becomes your habit and the habits build your habitat. And that's a choice you have to make. And now you can't blame it on the preacher. So I tell people all the time at the spiritual community I serve, I cannot wait for the day that you don't show up because you don't need me anymore. I want to work myself out of a job. Because I want your freedom to be so apparent to you that you can, the only reason you even show up to community is to hang out with other people who fly. That's it. You don't come out of need. You come out of a desire to simply want to be here. It's just like I don't want relationships with people who need me. I want relationships with people who want me. Think about that. Where you don't come to church or community or whatever we call it. You don't come because you need something. You come bringing a deposit because you're so filled with joy. You're so filled with peace. You're so filled with love. You're so filled with the actualization and realization of who you are that you just want to share it with somebody else. But being born again is about seeing the kingdom that's within you. And all the word kingdom, it's Elizabeth in English. It's interesting how that influences us so much in this country. It's a very white thing. (laughs) Ironically, Dr. Oz said it a few years ago. He said, we have too many white people in the world. He was talking about sugar and bleached flour, but I... The truth is, is it's a, it's a very Elizabethan English thing. Kingdom. Kingdom. And you have to say it a certain way. Kingdom. All it means is the king's domain or the authority of a territory. So the authority of your territory is you. It's within you. This is why Jesus was called King of Kings and Lord of Lords, because he was the one bringing the message of authority to all of the kings and the lords amongst us. That's you. So wives, look at your husbands and say, he said, I'm a king. You get it? And now husbands, look at your wives and say, he said, I'm a queen. Did you get it? No, what I'm saying is we're all royalty. You are that power. You are that presence right now. So when you're born again, then you finally see it. And when you see it, you can't unsee it. And and, and this is all the, the rest of my life. What I intend to spend the rest of my life doing is sharing this message of freedom with the whole world. This is the ability that we have. This will give us the ability to transcend and to transform into the beings of light we were called to be. Yeah. Stop trying to perform magic. You know, stop trying to perform for a God that doesn't exist. The God outside of you never has existed. 
It's a construct we've built. Does that shake you? By the way, I, want to, I should have given this disclaimer ahead of time. Anything I say that's like really crazy, do not blame it on Danny. Because <laughs> he didn't prep me ahead of time for anything, and I didn't prep him ahead of time for any of the craziness that I would say. In fact, I say stuff still to this day, my wife cringes. She'll be sitting out in the, in the audience at our place over in St. Pete, and she goes, ooh, I don't know, I don't know if I'd have said that. Ooh. Yeah, I said it one Sunday, Danny, you'll appreciate this, either that or you'll be freaked out that I said it. But uh, I said one day, I said, I, people ask me, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? And I said, no. And I said it so quickly and confidently that, pe that, that people I said it to went, <gasps> they created such suction that the mailman got drawn right into the lobby where we were sitting. Do you believe the Bible is the word of God? I said, no, you are. And until the word becomes flesh and dwells among you, you won't walk out that word, which is just the logic anyway. Even the word used there and the word became flesh, that word in Greek is logos, where we get the word logic. And it just means the way God thinks. You are the walking, talking word of God. You can't lock God into 66 books or 73 if you're Catholic. I guess you're luckier than Protestants. <laughs> or either that or they protested long enough, they dropped off the other seven. You know, it's like, I'm not sure. They still are protesting, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed, but Protestants are definitely holding up to their names. Anything they can find a protest, they're doing it. Does this blaspheme the Bible? Well, no, it doesn't, because even Jesus said in the beginning was the word, and he wasn't holding a King James reference, red letter edition, King James Schofield Bible. The word in the beginning was the word or the unction or the vibration or the sound of the God force in the very beginning. The best the Bible can do is hopefully point us toward a God that even they didn't fully understand. They just wrote about what they experienced that was beyond their explanation. And it's asking us to do the same thing. And the word can't become flesh until you flesh it out. You are the flesh it's walking around in. There was a young avatar in India who was eight years old. He was gathering a whole huge following. And it made some of the elders a little nervous. He was eight years old. There's no way he could have enough wisdom to lead a bunch of people, but there were thousands of people starting to show up. And so they thought, well, to discredit him this week, we're going to come up with something to discredit him just a little bit because we've got to slow his role. There's too many people eight years old gathering around this kid to teach every week. So a couple of the elders get together, and they walked up in front of him. They were holding two oranges. The head elder walked forward, and he said, I'll give you these two oranges if you'll tell me where God is. <laughs> we got you. The young boy took a deep breath and he said, I'll give to you a whole orchard of orange trees if you can tell me where God is not. And they said, do you think you're God? And he said, yes. And so are you. The difference between you and me is that I know it and you don't believe it. That's a rough responsibility, isn't it? But the only way we're going to survive this next level of upgrade of humanity, which is where we're at, is to realize it. Because if we don't evolve, we will become extinct. And this is why church doesn't work anymore. I wish I could say that it did, because it's more comfortable than what we're doing right now. See, I know church. I know church. I can write an order of service that will impress the hell out of you. 
I'm three generations Pentecostal preacher, baby. I know how to open up and let her fly. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I know that stuff. What we're experiencing right now, I don't know what to call it. There's, because it can't be labeled. Because when you label it, you negate it. This is a time of surrender to all that is. And this is the time to let the I am that I am come to the forefront. And we can let go of the personalities. We can let go of the titles. You know, when I hear Reverend John, I go, I still cringe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just, you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? When you hear Pastor Danny, do you kind of go, yeah. <laughs> when I first went to First Unity, they said, well, what do we call you? And I said, John works for me. It's what my mom told me my name was. I'm not real certain. It's just what she told me, but it's on my birth certificate, so you can call me John. That works. And they said, yeah, well, we, we got to have more than that. So, okay, well, Reverend's fine. If you want to say Reverend, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, except for I've not mastered that. So, <laughs> Just get in traffic. You find out if you're a Zen master or not, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you just say, oh, I'm oming my way right on through this. But sign language is coming home. <laughs> I, I know I'm the only one. but yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing. And isn't it beautiful, though, to get to that place where you, you don't have to be anybody? I'm not trying to be somebody anymore. Isn't that great, though? Yeah. Together, you just, you, just don't, you just don't care. You, you, you're free. You're free. You find out you're a human being, not a human doing. You're just free. It's a beautiful place to live. So I want to invite you into that. Uh, I know you've been invited to many places. Pastor Danny is a very uh, well-studied, brilliant mind. Um, that's why I'm honored to stand here. Because people like him are changing the world. It's really, you know. And uh, I think you know you can trust him. Because he has the heart way. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's the heart way. Anyone who's leading with love. Leading with love. Living with love. Uh, somebody mentioned, so I think we were chatting about that, you know. We're going from leading with the mind to leading with the heart. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is all, it's all it's all about anymore. That's why I just lost the need to impress. I don't care. I was raised to impress. I just, I, that's not impressive to me anymore. I was not called into this earth to impress. I was called into this world to express. Just whatever portion I am to the world, whatever that might be, nothing to impress. So, is it okay to to open this up and say if there's any questions or comments or is that okay? Is that okay? Like maybe we take ten minutes for that. You have enough time for that. What time is it? I don't watch the clock real close. Right. No. But if, if anybody has a question or a thought or a comment, anybody, anybody, yes. I, yes, I'm, I, I could probably do that. Like, I came out of the womb singing in the key of wah. So. Somebody asked me one time, if, do I ever remember not singing? And I said, no, I don't. Where did you start? I said, just ask me when. I just don't remember not singing. But anybody a question or comment? Yes, sir. Just got one. You say we are God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hmm. Uh, none. That would be my answer. I, that would, I'm serious. No, I'm serious when I say that. Um, you know, Jesus, ironically, tried to send people away more than bring them in. You know, they would bow down to worship, and he would say, get up. They said, good master. He said, there's none good but God. 
Jesus didn't want to be worshipped. Jesus being worshipped was a church thing because it needed an icon. You only need an icon when you don't know the I am. So I would say that. Then that's for me uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, uh, if we are God's, I mean, I've always taught, I've always been taught. Yes. Jesus, he died on the cross for me. Mm-hmm. Jesus was there in the beginning. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes. And then I hear, you know, well, you're God, so we don't need Jesus. Mm. Yes. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I wake up, Jesus. We're dead, Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He gave us his only begotten son. And uh, that's all. Yeah. You know, and, and then you're, I mean, it's good that if you, if I could get inside this mind the way you do yours, yeah, I could see where, you know, okay, I could, you know, God is in me. Good, good. Stay there. Yes, stay there. Stay there because you stay there for as long as you need to. And that, that is important to you. And it is, it, Jesus is the cornerstone for you, the building of your life. Yeah. So I worship Jesus too. The difference is, is that worship for me is not about me, um, Jesus needing me. But it's about following. Because Jesus didn't say, worship me. He said, follow me. Most people love the name of Jesus. They just don't care anything about the character of Jesus. Yeah. There's no doubt I'll see you in heaven. Yes, sir. We are heaven. Yeah. We might be on different streets. Yes. I got your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary if you have my thinking. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, I love Jesus, you know, because I'll have people say, well, do you do you believe in Jesus? Oh, absolutely. It's just the difference is I think I listen to his message. But Jesus's message was very, you know, you know, there's a lot that we could go into with that. But I want you I want you to know I appreciate your love for Jesus. I would love to see more people actually love Jesus like you love Jesus because I can feel your love from here okay and so so people love the name of Jesus as a get out of hell free card but again the name of Jesus without having the character of Jesus is pretty painful we've seen that in the world and Jesus said love your neighbor as yourself Jesus said um, uh, yeah, it's, ooh, there was a whole lot that Jesus said that most of us just don't do. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. That's awesome. Um, what would you say uh, about uh, the statement that Jesus uh, made in, in, in John where he says that the world's sin is unbelief in me? Mm, yes. Well, I would say that, yeah, yeah. So I would say that Jesus is presenting to us the same thing that's presented in the um, Exodus account where Moses is standing before the burning bush, and the burning bush says to Moses that um, you're going to Egypt to free the people from slavery. And Moses says, well, who do I tell them sent me? Because I'm experiencing this phenomenon. And from the burning bush, this voice that becomes known later as God, outside of us by most religious accounts, says to him, tell, tell Pharaoh I am that I am sent you. I want you to listen to those words real quick. Tell Pharaoh I am that I am sent you. Who's he talking about? So when Jesus says me, he's talking about me. The fully developed divine self. Men love darkness rather than evil, or men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. He talks about that being the condemnation. The condemnation is that most people live in darkness. The darkness of not knowing their fully self-realized, God-realized beingness. So that's what I think Jesus is talking about. And sin, by the way, let's dis- disarm that word just a second. 
because it's two, it's, there's two words uh, for, for sin. And the word used the majority of the time in the New Testament is the word missing the mark. That's all it is. Some of us have missed the mark a dozen times already today. Because if we set the bar high of unconditional love, then some of us miss the mark on a regular basis. And that's really all it is. So when we talk about the sin, the sin, sometimes I lose my zen, which is a sin of sorts. It's missing the mark, right, of that calm place. So, again, I don't know if that answers the question, but when Jesus is referring to me, he's already said, I and the Father are one. One would be a reference to me. When you think of God, you think of me. You should think of me and God. He says, the same thing that I do, you shall do also in greater. We are all one. His final prayer was that not only would they recognize that Jesus was one with the Father, but that we're all one with Jesus and all one with the Father as well. So when we are not operating in the me that is the pure presence of God that you are, you don't have to become it. You are it. That's the sin. And that's when we miss the mark. And it, again, it's not, to me, it's not a big thing. We make it a big thing because we think sin stands between us and God. Only in mind, according to St. Paul. Only in our mind. You're never separate from God, but some of us believe we are. I have a question. Yeah. Okay. So um, what is your perspective on um, the Adam and Eve story? Um, because what I hear you speak about is metaphysics mm-hmm. in general, you know, metaphysics of the New Testament, and then you spoke about the me- metaphysics of ex- Exodus. And then second, um, what is your viewpoint on Deuteronomy and the laws? Mm-hmm. Because uh, what you're speaking about is love and uh, consideration for yourself and knowing that... Um, God loves you, but why was there a book in the Old Testament surrounding law? And, you know, the Ten Commandments speak about, do not put other gods before me. I just wanted to know what, was, what is the metaphysical viewpoint of that? Got it. I think. <laughs> Whenever ever somebody says I have a question, I never say I have an answer. I say I have responses. I don't believe anybody has the answers to these questions. But... I will say the Adam and Eve account is very interesting to me. And the fall, I guess if that's what we're talking about, the fall is only a fall in consciousness. It's an unawareness. It's a falling off to sleep. They lose their identity. They have an identity crisis. We know this because Eve is talking with the serpent. And the serpent says to Eve, why hath God said that you cannot eat from this tree? And she said, well, because... We can't eat from it or we can't eat it or touch it, which is not what God didn't say anything about touching it. He said, don't consume it because what you consume often consumes you. And so what what's eating you? You know, and so what was eating her was something else. She was beginning to doubt her own identity. The serpent says, God said, don't eat it because God knows that the day you do, you'll be like him. Now, there's the switch. That's the bait that comes in. This serpenting voice, this ego, actually, because it wasn't outside of her. She was just seeing it outside of her. It's always inside. The goat and the sheep are there. The only reason they get separated is because so you can see them clearly. So here's the serpent that says, don't eat of it because God said that so that you wouldn't be as powerful as God or you wouldn't be like God. If you'll remember, they already were like God according to the same scripture that said they were created in the likeness and the image of God. So she has an identity crisis and falls in consciousness, falls asleep to the awareness. And so that's what I see with the Genesis account. Not to mention the fact it was written by human beings trying to explain the origination of humanity. Okay. So it's their metaphorical approach to trying to explain what's beyond explanation. But I think that's what they were really talking about. It was a falling asleep in consciousness rather than... Um, a, a, an actual, we, we think that, that all of a sudden they became outcasts. We know they weren't outcasts because when God shows up back at the same place that God met with them every other day, right? In the, in the cool of the day, the scripture says God showed back up and they weren't there. Who wasn't there? God was there. Why weren't Adam and Eve there? 
Adam and Eve weren't there because they said they became aware of their nakedness and they took on shame. Their fall in consciousness caused them to be ashamed and it was the shame that stood between them. They could no longer see their rightful placement. And notice that there's a sacrifice made. This is where we start to see it becomes about law and going toward the law. Now there has to be a bunch of laws written. And I'll say this. One of my favorite studies is the Tao Te Ching. If you ever get a chance to read it, Tao Te Ching is fantastic. Um, and it deals with some of these issues. Tao Te Ching, T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. Tao Te Ching, written by Lao Tzu about 600 years before Jesus in the warring states of China. And he writes about that uh, when the Tao is lost, morality and justice replace it. When the Tao is lost, morality and justice replaces it. We have to come up with systems now because we've lost our way. True freedom is going to be going back to your divine self. And then you don't need a moral code from any external because your code becomes love. And when your code is love, there's no higher ethics than love. Because every move you make is through love. So that's the way I would see the law and the prophets. And of course, that became the, you know, the rule of, of the children of Israel, became their rule. And, there's been, and they couldn't deal with 10 that came from Moses. They had to add, add 613 to those after because we can't you know hey we look god gave us 10 that ain't enough we need just a few more so they added 613 to the ones that god had supposedly given to moses on the mountain it's just proof that we lose our minds when we lose our rightful place in god when you are realized in your true self you are actualizing your divinity you no longer need rules there's no fight for justice because you are it There's a lot in the Bible. A lot. Yeah. Hey, hey, what's up? Uh, How you doing? <laughs> Had Re your mama named Durin. Rever Reverend John. Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> hey. <Yeah>. So, um, <clears throat> there's an election on Tuesday. Sure is. So... You know, I'm on social media. I encourage folks to vote, be a part of democracy and stuff like that. Yes. And I'm just curious to understand what might be your message to us about, you know, with the change in, you know, or with this idea of evolving in our spiritual mentality, how we can bring that into how we participate in you know, democracy and just in general in, in the public square, stuff like that? Well, first we can, it's important that we um, not allow hate to infect us, even if it does affect us. Affect and infect, two different things. And so many times we get caught up in the in infection that comes with hatred. It's worse than COVID. It's, it's worse than any dis-ease. In fact, the only reason we have dis-ease is because many of us have not realized that anything that costs us our peace is too expensive. How can I be socially involved and yet live with unconditional love? Maybe the question, maybe? Okay. Look, you need to vote according to your conscience. A lot of people are voting, and uh, a lot of people are voting out of fear and out of a sense of lack. And our focus is on the wrong thing. If our focus is on economy, because we think it's really something, it's not real. It's not backed up by anything real. The economic structure of this country is not real. It's an illusion. I don't know if you know that or not, but it doesn't even have a gold standard. There is, and even gold, then what's gold backed by? You see what I mean? We got here before we got here. We were created from the source before things existed. We existed in God. God's not in my heart. I'm in the heart of God. That affects everything about how I do politics. Now, I have my own political opinions and cast my vote accordingly. But I can tell you this. Um, we need to realize it's a game. 
And instead of being played by it, we can play it. But democracy has always been under attack because there's always egos involved with wanting it to be my way. And, I, and this is what we use religion to do it. We've seen that pretty clearly over the last few years. We've seen religion take a particular side, get right in bed. In fact, was in bed before that, just became more pregnant. When you've got empire, you have empire and religion in bed together, what is birthed is a monster. And that's exactly what has happened. God's calling right now, saying... <laughs> Saying, give me my Jesus back. No. <laughs> so, you know, it's important for us to, to treat this democracy that we're in like the experiment it is. It's the longest running democratic republic in the history of humanity as far as we know. And it's, it's an experiment. And we are waking up. We are evolving. This system of America, the United States of America, has not served everybody ever. Not ever. It's built on illusions. It's also built on delusional thinking. And for people who think that all of the founders were all just like holy men of God praying every day, they misunderstand history because that's not the case. You can't own slaves and claim that Jesus is your Lord. So, and, and look, I'm not, you know, I, I'm just saying I will never, for, for me, I will never vote for anybody who is willing to uh, do away with equality, for anybody who bashes other people of, because of their race, their color, their creed, their sexual orientation, because I, I just won't do it. I can't, I won't allow myself to do that because it's beneath love. And I don't care. The economy is going to implode. Let it. It's not real. It's not real. Your stocks and bonds, if you invest in this world's economy the way it is right now, you, you should probably be holding on to yourself because we're going through some chaotic times. People say, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. I say, yes, it is. Hallelujah. And they say, how can you be that way? Because the earth's not going anywhere right now, but the world, every time in Scripture you see world, it's the word cosmos where we get the word cosmetic. And what do you do with a cosmetic? Mm -hmm. And make it fake, too, just as Instagram. <laughs> you filter it. The cosmetic is coming off. The makeup's off, baby, and we're seeing exactly what we've built. But go and vote your conscience, but stop hating other people who vote a different way. Just stop the hatred. Don't allow the hatred to come inside of you. It's, you know? Yeah, because again, I, I want my team to win, but it's a game. It really is a game, but it's a game that affects, I will say it on this, on this side of things, and you run a risk when you talk about religion and politics anywhere, um, especially if I'm at the table with my family <laughs> who are all like, you know, Pentecostal preachers people. I mean, they're like, oh my God, he came to Christmas again. Uh -huh. <laughs> Santa must be mad at us still. Um, I will say this. What, what is happening right now is directly affecting our women and our minority groups in ways that it hasn't before. And it's, it's an there's an affect right now. And so we need to be mindful of that. We just do. And if you think there's no corruption, if there, you think there's no corruption on the other side, and if you think there's no corruption on your side, on your t there's corruption in all of it because all the corruption is being revealed through the um, um, e through the eruption that's happening right now. I don't think we're about to see a rapture, but I do think we're about to see a rupture. And I think the water has broken, and there's a new baby being born. And it may very well happen in this country as the United States of America, or it may become something altogether different. Either way, I come from another world, man. Seriously, we have to transcend it. Uh, if we don't, we're just going to remain in it. And then it will infect us all. Yeah, I don't know. That was all over the place. I know that. But, you know. Reverend. Yes, yes. Thank you for your service. I see.
It's my ple- it was my pleasure. Um, I just have a comment. Yes, sir. Um, I, you've said a lot of things and, and wonderful things, but one of the things that really jumped out at me is how you referred to our pastor. You said he was a he is a brilliant mind, and I think that's a very high standard to put someone at, and we believe that because he is yep. a brilliant mind. So I'd like to thank you for referring to our pastor as a brilliant mind. He is. He is. Yeah. It is. It's not easy, and I'm 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 going out of camera here, but that's they don't need to see me anyway. Um, it is um, being brilliant for me. What I think of when I think of Pastor Danny is I think of someone who shines the light in darkness. And uh, brilliance is not just about intelligence, because he has that. But anybody who's willing to, especially right now, say the kind of things he's saying, they're brave. He's not just brilliant, but brave. Because there are a lot of folks, there are a lot of folks who want to keep the truth, you know, it's just like say it, say it a little quieter. Don't, you don't have to, really, because the truth disrupts systems. And I, I just, I, I honor you. I honor you for that. Where would I be? You only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love A hopeless case An empty place If not for grace So I wait on 
these precious moments when I hear all that could never be said and right here in this holy silence I find God I find myself. Ladies and gentlemen. Check, check one more time for John. Thank you. Love you guys. Have a great week. Catch you next Sunday.